it is. Love you and appreciate you. You may be seated. Let our classes go back. God, we appreciate our, our classes this morning. Sunday school department, our teachers that takes the time and puts forth the effort and the energy to give guidance, instructions into, into the heart and the soul and the mind and the very spirit of our children. Folks, I'm telling you, if you're not concerned about that, you need to get concerned. Parents, you need to be praying. If you haven't prayed for these Sunday school teachers this week, you're sinning. Uh, that your little darling's going back there. This hour, amen, in that classroom can be a revelation, can be a turning point. Amen. Just uh, help them be prepared, amen, not to go in the wrong direction. Hey, I'm interested, amen, in them falling in love with this and the power thereof. Amen. That they wouldn't want to know anything about the world because they understand we're experiencing the best thing there is on the, on the earth. And that's the house of God and the presence of God and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Let me join with Brother Ford welcoming our guests. So good to have Brother Randy's friend with us. In military with him, amen, about 45 years ago thereabout, and uh, man, looked him up and come to be in service with him this morning, appreciate that so much, want him to feel welcome, so good to have George and Naomi back there, God bless you, back in the house of the Lord with us, pray for others that's not here, there's a multitude, Billy Jagged, it is good to see, man, working that old shift, and you know how, how it is, and we ain't designed to work all night and sleep in the daytime, no, Praise God. God created darkness to sleep in. The devil uses for bad, but hey, God, God's people sleep and let God stay up all night because he never sleeps or slumbers. But us old earthen folks has got to have some sleep, and we need the darkness to do it. Amen. But it's good to see you, Billy Jack. God bless you. It's good to see everybody here this morning. Man, I just feel like God's going to talk to us and minister unto us here today, and only like he can do it. None's like him. He's the only one that can call folks out of different areas of life and pull us all together and bring us into a setting just like this and let the powers of his word and the powers of his presence and amen to what it'll do for us and helping us along life. Man, I'm glad I don't have to live this life without a good church and without a savior. Amen. Without the promise of the presence of the Lord. Sister Linda Whittick, good to see you this morning. Been messing, missing you around here. Praise God. I'm a little struggling in that body. Hallelujah. I know you look forward to that glorified body every day. Amen. There won't be no pain there. Hallelujah. You won't have them curvatures in the back and all that good stuff, bad stuff, whatever you'll call it. Hallelujah. Folks, we got something to look forward to. And we also got something to look forward not to be a part of. You don't hear that talked about and preached about maybe as much as it did at one time. But our lessons on that to at least to a certain degree this morning. Amen. And uh, it helps us to get our priorities where they need to be. Our focus. Amen. To take to heart and mind and spirit of what this is really all about. And the outcome of it and the purpose of it. Amen. Because we want to please God. And, amen. And, and I want to do it. Uh, I know I mentioned this Wednesday night. 
But I want to live for, for God without mumbling. There's a lot to that. We may talk, talk on it sometime. And, and it's, it's, it's easy. And I understand, and I'm going to show a lot of compassion there because I understand that. But sometimes in the struggles of life and the afflictions, amen. And I believe we have to be careful there. Understand what brought this about, what caused this. And where it came from. You know, if you do a study on the discernment of spirits, that's, that's what that's about. Is to discern uh, what spirit, that whatever's unfolding is coming from. You know, is that from God or is that from the devil? Or is that from just the imps and the spirits of the world? And uh, to have that revelation, to have that insight, there's a world of difference. To give you a little example of that. I remember one time, it's been years ago, Brother T.W. Barnes, most of you remember him, an elder, a man, a prophet, man used mightily of God. And, and um, he remembered one particular time an individual had a prayer line and they was coming up to a prayer and he made this statement, God just moved on him and uh, the first one of the first ones that came up, God miraculously healed them and blessed them. And one of the ones in the line a little later on there that was a believer, was a Holy Ghost filled child, and uh, didn't respond. And so Brother Barnes, and you know how he was, he, he talked to God, and he talked to the devil. <laughs> he just, he'd tell the devil, you know, he wouldn't carry on much conversation with the devil. You know, if anybody have heard any of his testimonies, remember the time one night the devil was at the foot of his bed, and he woke up and looked at him, and he said, oh, that's just you, the devil, and rolled over and went to sleep. That's faith. That's trust in God. A lot of people would. No. The devil's not my business anybody. The Bible said just resist him. Submit myself to God and resist the devil. But anyway, go on with my story here. I'm not trying to get sidetracked. But, uh, but uh, so after that happened, he talked to the Lord about it. And the Lord said, well, I killed the unbeliever off of your faith. And the believer didn't have the faith, so I couldn't heal that one because of lack of their faith. So you weigh that out the way you want to. But we do know that it's impossible to please God without faith. Without faith. And so I know we're in a time in our nation, and there's all types of doctrines and changings of doctrines. Uh, I don't know where uh, religions and Men have reached a place that they feel like that they can change doctrines. And uh, such as some that's out saying that there's not a hell. Well, there's a hell. There's a lake of fire. There's a hell. There's an eternity as sure as I stand here this morning. And, and everybody's going to know it before it's over with. Everybody. And so for a season is what our lesson's about this morning and it's going to be carried out of Luke, the 16th chapter. Man, and uh, the 31st verse is the focus verse, which is basically the last verse of this. this it's, it's like an, unto a parable, but there's a lot of different opinions about this parable. The reason be is because the characters that's in this parable is names that, that we know of. And especially the Jews. 
Now, I would like to make mention of this. Even the writer of your lesson made mention of this. That this parable was prior to the cross. Okay? And we know that none other but Jesus Christ, which is God manifested in the flesh, that is all-knowing. And so being that he's all-knowing, it could have happened. It could have done took place. These could be actual people, or it could have been a parable. It just really, it, but, but the purpose of it is still true. The reason of it, it doesn't matter if it's a parable or if it actually happened, it's going to. It's going to transpire. That's what parables was all about. It was earthly uh, means and ways for a spiritual understanding that the Lord was trying to bring across to his disciples. Now we know that, that unless you have the ear, and we pray for that ear, to hear and the heart to understand and for the true revelation. And that's again, that's the reason it's so important to have the Holy Ghost, a man to lead and guide us in that area, in that place. So as we look at this this morning, it's a topic, it's not real popular, but yet it should be. It is a topic that, that the Lord himself didn't leave to anybody else to address like he did. And I'm talking about Jesus Christ. He's the one that introduced about hell. He's the one that introduced to how horrible it's going to be. He, he's the one that introduced and taught us to what extremes that you and I should go to to miss this place called hell. To the point, he said, if your eye offend you, you pluck it out. Amen. He said, if your hand offends you, if it causes you to stumble, if it causes you to lose out on the race or the fight, if it causes you, because that's where we head at. We, we, we want, we, we're pursuing after the fellowship, the companionship back with our Creator, our God. What we lost in the garden with the first Adam, the second Adam being the quickening spirit that now you and I can be born again of that spirit, or at least a measure of the earnest of that spirit. Why? Because there's coming a moment and a time, amen, that we're going to step out into eternity. And from that point on, amen, there will be a time after the millennium of a thousand years going to be a new heaven and new earth and we're going to live out throughout the eons with God and servants as kings and priests of his and so with a glorified body that we won't have to worry about a devil we won't have a devil or a temptations or sin at all amen but until then until then you and I have to contend we got to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints we got to contend and fight and Paul likens unto us as soldiers Amen. There's some in this house can tell you that whenever you're in the war, war zone and, and, and you're in full-blown battle, and believe it or not, you and I are all the time spiritually speaking. Amen. Because you have an adversary. You have, you have an enemy. Amen. That's constantly warring against you. You become that prize as a Holy Ghost filled child of God. Amen. Washed in his blood. Sealed by his spirit. Amen. You become the one that becomes in his cross areas now. That he wants to, to snare or to lure or to, to, to captivate your mind. We was once held captive but now we're held captive by a new master. By a new kingdom. By 
one you experience called the Holy Ghost. And now we found a way, amen, to walk different than what we once walked. To walk to a different heartbeat and a different kingdom. We don't walk in the lust of the flesh. No, we walk in the kingdom of light. We've experienced something that would aid us and secure us and help us along this journey, even as earthen vessels. But now we become that target of the enemy. Amen. He shoots those fiery darts, but even God, in Ephesians 6 chapter, has equipped us for this battle. Amen. That's the reason that shield of faith quenches not, not some, but all, the Bible says, all the fiery darts of the enemy. And thank God for that shield of faith and heaven of salvation, a breastplate of righteousness, God's righteousness, not ours. Amen. The preparation of the gospel. Amen. The truth girded around our loins. So we, the church, the church itself is equipped. The individual is equipped. How is he equipped? He's equipped to be a soldier. He's equipped to be a fighter. He's a fighting for his own soul, but not only his own soul, but when you go to Nehemiah, you understand that this battle, this fighting, it's not only for myself, but one of the, the ways that he, he encouraged the people to get on the wall, put a tool in one hand and a weapon in the other, and get a horn ready, amen, where the enemy showed up, the horn would be blown, and they would come, amen, and, and work against and battle against that enemy to try to stop the building of that tabernacle, the same plan in the spiritual realm. I'm telling you, we're trying to present these bodies as a living type of tabernacle, holy and accepted and pleasing unto God, amen, that on that moment, in that day, that when we stand before him, we can hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servants. Why? Because there's a place called the lake of fire. There's a place called hell. There's a place that all the abode, all the small and great, old and young, every living soul is going to find a destiny, an eternity somewhere. Let me tell you this morning, there is no exit doors out of this. You're in it. You're in the race. You're in the fight. Believer or not, you're in it. Receive it or not. Accept it or not, you're in it. Destiny, eternity is facing every soul that's under the sound of my voice this morning. And, and what you believe or don't believe is going to change that fact. You're going to face it. You're going to give an account. There's no exit doors out of this. You're in it. Man, that's the reason the Lord said you'd been better off if you'd never been born. You'd never existed. Defend this one or that one and walk in ways that cause him to protect that rock. That rock was likened unto the rock that was crushed to grind. That, the, that the, the animals would pull to crush that green and big heavy rock. Around you and cast into the sea. You'd been better off. Amen. But we're here. We're here. And oh, how exciting we get every time a newborn is born into this world. And, but the scriptures actually taught us a little different, hadn't they? Said weep and cry. Why? Because a soul is born. A soul is given. And it's going to have a destination somewhere. It's going to live out in eternity somewhere. Sometimes we make the judgments and we'll make, make statements like this. Well, that baby was better off because of some physical ailment or something of that likeness, or possibly of the geographical location, or the particular home, and nobody be offended what I'm, fixing, I'm saying here. 
but because of that particular home and, and the, the lifestyle and what's offered to them and, and how they're going to be raised up. Amen. That, uh, that child was been better off than to, to have passed from this life. And, amen. But, uh, man, I can open a can of worms there. But I'm going to leave it alone. It's a can of worms that nobody wants to talk about. Uh, the bishop don't even like to talk about this one. But, I, amen, I, I'm telling you, it's something that it, it, it bothers me because there's certain areas in the Scripture where it talks about when the parents gets right, the children become righteous. So how they judge prior to that. And I know we can run to Scriptures that talks about the age of accountability. So who does it hint on? I can tell you this much. The laws of this land, if they're not the age of accountability and they do things or you allow things in your home, guess who they're coming to lock up and putting in prison? Guess whose door they're going to knock on? Guess who you're going to stand before? As parents and guardians of that child. If you don't buckle them up in automobiles and you have wreck, amen, and they become killed, you're prone to subject, amen, to face manslaughter. So how far does this go in the spiritual realm? I know this much. We're taught by the scriptures to raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord there's a responsibility there's a calling I know sometimes we bring our children we dedicate them unto the Lord that dedication is really not as much about the little infant as it is the ones that's bringing it and those that joined in to witness and be a part of it because we're all coming and confessing to God we're going to do what we can to raise this child up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. We've got to bear the responsibility, God, amen, to teach them, to be an example unto them. Why? Because there is an eternity. And how they're taught, how they're instructed, how they to believe life should be, and how to live an overcoming life. Hinges heavily upon us as believers and disciples of Jesus Christ. So for the season, that's what it's about now if you think about it. What is the season? The season is that little line that's between those two dates on that tombstone. That's the season. Jesus has made it clear to us that none of us. I hear it. I've heard it just this week. Number. I don't know where they got that doctrine in that, in that doctrinated about every man's got a number. But the scriptures have taught us that we can add or take from those numbers. Okay? Through what? Through obedience. Fearing and obeying the parents that raise us up in the Lord. God would promise us of days upon this earth. Not just days either. Blessed days. Blessed, blessed days. Amen. So the season is important. And so what happens in that season, amen, is what's going to make all the difference in the world. Because God created us in his image and likeness. And God, amen, that first Adam as he had formed him out of the, out of the dust of the ground, the earth. That vessel there that didn't have a heartbeat. And have no life in it. Now that's impossible. But not with God. <laughs> not with God. 
Until the Bible said he breathed into his nostrils and he became a living soul. A soul that's going to live out in eternities somewhere. And if you study the Old Testament, you'll see even the Hebrew writer talks about death and the shadow of death that's over them. Not sure, not about death and the hereafter. Until Jesus Christ came and conquered it. And that's reading was so important for the eyewitnesses of the disciples and the choosing of Matthew, a disciple that take, took Judas's place as an eyewitness of what? Of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Those is what qualified them to be in the race, to even be considered to take the place of Judas. Folks, I'm telling you, it all entwines together, it all works together. That's what makes you and I such a powerful witness in Acts 1 and 8, is that baptism of the Holy Ghost that witnesses through us. But the obligation hinges upon us to keep the vessel where God can use it, and God can flow through it, and God can be the Lord of it, and God can be the director of it. Amen. To go and take care of the Father's business, because we're about the Father's business. Our life is not a about us. It's about his kingdom. It's about working for him and examples unto others. And everything that we do is all about. And what we do in the seasons and the talents and the gifts. Amen. The favors that comes into our lives. Amen. That's what it's all. That's what we're going to be judged by. That judgment doesn't stop after repentance. Baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That judgment's going to continue. From even that point. But thank God. Thank God. Thank God for repentance. Thank God for the blood. That washes away. A sea of forgiveness. Amen. And after it's activated. How that you and I can begin to walk. And Anyway. A lot to it. So. Here we go. As we watch this unfold. And if you go back a few. And I, I won't have the time to do that all together. But. Uh, he's talking to the disciples. And the Pharisees, but, but at, by this time, if you go back to chapter 2 and watch the, what unfolds and gets to Luke, the 16th chapter. Remember, the only physician, a man, the writer, and the, uh, as, as he, he focuses on Jesus Christ as a healer. He focuses on Jesus as a, a means of deliverance. Amen. Even against those that are sick and bound and held captive, lame, and things of this nature. You, you see, that's where, and bondage. Okay, and so here, in fact, Luke is the only one that writes this to us. Luke, that took the time to write the words of our Lord here. To give us this insight, to give us this understanding. And so, and because he is dealing with the Pharisees beginning of this chapter... And they was unwilling to hear him. In fact, they railed him. They, they uh, despised Jesus. Go back to the beginning of the chapter. They despised. They despised what he had to say. They, they worked hard and even it brought the Pharisees and Sadducees together that was actually enemies. But to, to, to deal with this man called Jesus that was, that was upsetting their cart. That was causing them to be questioned of their doctrines. And questioned them of their beliefs. And, 
and what they felt like was uh, going to happen. The Sadducees didn't even believe in a resurrection. They didn't believe in an angelic coast. The Pharisees put their focus upon just, just, just the external part. But yet on the inward part, amen, it was black and full of sin. So, so we got this as unfolding here. And so here, by the time you come to this point, though, the focus is upon the disciples. And he's speaking to them as he instructs them as his people. As we watch him in uh, 16, uh, I'm going to try to just, I got way more than I know, but I'm going to try my best here to cover as much of it as I possibly can. Let's, let's talk about, to start with, uh, the first character. He doesn't give us a name, but he tells us that he was a rich man. And probably way beyond the normal. Okay, uh, what, what you, believe it or not, all of us are considered rich by the third world, okay? But not, this man was even beyond that. Probably something with the likeness of some that I heard about Friday night <laughs> of a deer hunting place they got and uh, uh, how much it cost to get into it. And uh, uh, Bill Kemp's, that you, you, some of them's more expensive than your houses. And, this is just wasted money. And what we mean by that is play money. That's, uh, you know, that's what if, if they just, you know, just got more money than they know what to do with. And, and so, but how do we know this? How, how do we come to this conclusion? How do we realize this? Well, you go back and you're going to realize when you look back at Luke 16. And, and as, as we watch this unfold and uh, take place, we're going to notice some, what he says about him. We're starting at the 19th verse, and it simply says, And there was a certain rich man. He wasn't the only rich man, but he was a certain rich man. Which was clothed in purple. That's the first sign of how he was clothed. Brother Ford mentioned the tabernacle this morning. Purple was a sign and a color that only royalty would wear, could afford. That particular diet came, diet and come out of a muscle, and it was of great expense. And, and so only the wealthy, extremely wealthy, or priest would wear such a color. And, and when you tie it into the tabernacle, now you watch this, amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ is even they played in his crucifixion. You go back to the tabernacle on the purple, the door. We sung about entering to his gates and entering into his door this morning. There's, there's a real important part that plays in that. And I won't get into that because if I do, I'm, I'll be messed up here. But there's three colors. Amen. And, and blue, which represents the heavenly one that came. Purple that represents royalty. And then scarlet or red, amen, the blood, the washing, amen, the humanity part. And all of that door and that gate, the gate actually, and then the door and then the veil. And, and it all shows and lets us know that God was going to come behind that veil. And he was going to be the royalty one. He's going to be what? The kings of kings. Oh, we worship him this morning as a king of kings. We don't depend on other men in that realm and place. We don't have a boot to go in and, and have another man as a high priest. I thank God there's only one high priest. And he's entered into a, a, a tabernacle that's made by God, not by man. And even though it's far above us, and I'm going to tell you, there's a tide to all of this. And so to, to cry out to this high priest, what you got to do?
Not too often in the scriptures you see where if you approach God expecting things that you can come. Even the beauty of the tabernacle itself was not looking down. They never changed the flooring in the tabernacle. It was nothing but sand. If you was going to see the beauty of the tabernacle, which was not on the external, it was a badger skin. It had no attractions to it whatsoever, but it was an element for protection. The greatest protection that you and I've got is through the blood and the name of Jesus Christ. It'll protect us against every demonic force and every power of sin. If we'll just commit ourselves and come regular, amen, in prayer and faith unto the one called Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, there's a lot to this. But royalty, purple, this rich man, a certain rich man. So we begin to understand the caliber of this individual. He goes on from that. He said, fine linen. <laughs> what, was in, what was in the gate? Fine linen woven together. Again, it represents one of Royalty, one of great means. <laughs> and he fared sumptuously, not occasionally. But Jesus said every day, man, he multiplied. It just seemed like everything he put his hands on just turned into money, and turned into gold, and one business deal after another. I'm going somewhere. Y'all just hang on. <laughs> and so as we watch this unfold, so we can go back to even Esther and Mordecai. And it talks about when they paraded him, they clothed him with what? Royal apparels, a man. We could go to Luke. And, and, and I'm just going to touch these. And, and, and how many of you read your lesson? How many caught that part where talked, the writer of the lesson says, a man, uh, being rich, don't seal you to hell now. But being poor doesn't guarantee you to heaven either. <laughs> what it's all about is where your treasures are. And how you use what God has blessed you in the season that he has given you. I try to be careful even to tell the Lord, Lord, I wish you'd let me been born in the early 1900s or in the 1800s. Or <laughs> I want to be careful of all that. I don't want to become, and there's a reason, there's a spirit behind being discontent. That's one wrong thing that's wrong with this nation. We're, we're living in one of the most uncontented Nations, they're not happy with nothing. It doesn't matter how fast you serve them. It doesn't matter how, how, how what kind of qualities it is. And some people, it doesn't matter if you've done it 99 ways. They're going to find that one way, and that's what they're going to focus on. That's all they're going to talk about when they walk in. That one, and I want to go, well, what about the 99? So we don't want to be a, a discontent. But we want to be content. Paul went as far telling us to be content with what? Got food to eat, clothes to put on, 
and to know that the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. So, (laughs) and it uh, it is the blessings of God, okay, Uh, when we're blessed. And we're going to give God the glory, but let me move on. But anyway, Luke, look at the parable there. In the 12th chapter of Luke's writings, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. He thought, and this is a few things I want to bring out. He thought within himself, what shall I do? I'm so blessed now, my barns are not big enough. Now, he probably had enough means to build barns big enough to store up enough that he ought to have been content already for himself. God, Lord, help me here now. <laughs> so, so where's the key to all of this? Watch him. The next verse says, well, he talks about I don't have no room. He said, and if he said, this will I do. This, this is what I'm going to do. I, I, I'm going I'm to tear down the barns that I've got, and I'm going to build bigger barns. And, store, and then I'm going to tell my soul, more than there's the key, that soul. You know, one of the keys of, of, of winning in prayer is reaching the point of the voice of the soul. Letting the, the voice of the soul cry out. Not just the voice of want, but this voice of the soul. It's a different voice. Got a different drive to it. She's got a different purpose and the outcome. But I'm telling you, the voice of the soul, a move God when nothing else will. The voice of the soul, the sincerity of it, the honesty of it. God, you know what's best for me. You know what I can handle. God, I really don't need those gifts because it'll bring in, but position me into places that I really can't handle it. You don't hear that prayer too often. Most of the time you hear, God bless me with this and bless me with that. Boy, if you'd anoint me like that, and boy, if I could sing like them, if I could play like them, if I could preach like this, and I'd turn the world upside down. <laughs> Praise God. God, we know that has given, we, we, we just had it last week. Remember, five, two, one. Everybody's servable. Placing us in the body that pleases him. And so the season that we've got, the time that we've got, and what God blesses and allows to come into our grasp and opportunities of, 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 as a vessel of God. It's important how we handle that. It's very important how we handle it. As he moved on from that, he said, I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thy ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Find your rocking chair, sit up. You don't have nothing to worry about. You got all your bills paid for. You got enough stored up. Go buy you two or three boats. Go get you, join in two or three hunting clubs. Buy your wife a new car. Buy your wife. Oh, I'm getting in trouble here now. Uh, uh, you know what I'm saying. 
God don't have no problem with none of that. He don't. Unless that's the whole focus. And you never, never bothered to see others in need. And it never crossed your mind that the reason you're so blessed, God put it in your possession to see what, what you would do with it, how you would handle it. That's true with the Holy Ghost, folks, as well as with money. That's true with singing, preaching, speaking abilities. That's true with any other talents that we've got. It's all for the kingdom of God. And working for the kingdom of God. To represent Him. Why? Because our focus is upon, not upon earthly things. Paul taught us. On carnal things. Our focus is upon heaven. We lay our treasures up where we don't have to worry about the moth. We don't have to worry about a man stealing them. I'm not saying not to make investments. And I know that's become a big deal in the apostolic church in the last 10 years. And opening business and investments and, and doing all these kind of things. That's okay. Unless... We become so caught up and focused in that that we start missing church. And all of a sudden, business deals, we're not as quite as honest with them as we was. All of a sudden, we start looking for loopholes that we don't want to pay our taxes. And we're looking for loopholes to get the better end of the best. I, I, I'm telling you, those, those temptations are coming. Those try, go to James. That's what James talks about. Go to it now, ye rich man, weep and howl for your, your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, your garments and are moth-eaten. Two verses in this I want to bring out, though. Watch these next two. Your gold and silver is cankered. The rust of them shall be a witness against you. Now, what did Jesus tell us about the riches in heaven? That won't happen. So there is a way of investing and in how you invest, and the reason why you're investing, and what you're willing to give back to the kingdom of God. Now watch this. Some of that giving back, Proverbs told us that when you give to the poor with no expectation of receiving nothing back, you just loan to God. That's what Proverbs says. Now it's God's will Man, I'm going to balance this out. It's God's will for us to be the lender and not the borrower is what the Bible says. It's God's will for us to be the head and not the tail. But it's not God's will for us to attain these things in an unjust manner or form. God's looking for people that can handle it His way to glorify Him. That the ones around them can glorify your heavenly fathers by your deeds and by your works. verse go back to it then a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire he have keep treasures together for the last days you have keep treasures together you've, you've hoard them up you've gathered them up it's all about you you, you catch what he's fourth verse what's this behold the hire of the labor 
who have reaped down your fields, which is you that you've kept back by fraud. You know, so, so we understand God wants us to be rich. Not, not so much. There's God not against you being rich. He's just against the way that you get there. And how you handle it from that point. And how you allow it to handle you. Here's the deal. You've got to handle your possessions and not let your possessions handle you. We can't let money. I've told people this. If I had enough money, I could run for president. If I had enough money, I could buy enough votes. If I had enough money, you know. And that, never, that always blows my mind. They'll spend millions of dollars getting an office that pays, what, 300000 a year. That's a no-brainer to me. But anyway. But we understand that holds positions and powers. And, and it's all the benefits thereafter. And all that comes along with it. Okay? So, anyway, I don't mean to get on that. i got to go on with this. So, I want to take you. Go back to 18th chapter Luke. Notice Luke. A lot of this is Luke's writings. Luke's writings. And this is physician now. He was the physician and from all accounts, I'm going to say that a strong possibility he, he forsook his, his trade just like Peter and James and Matthew and Mark. You know, we don't think it's a big deal for Peter to quit fishing. I remember Bishop Bishop Oldham told us this one time. He said, hey, I don't hear these cats talking about they left their million-dollar jobs and blah, 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 and all this other stuff. He said, the call of God and the working of the ministry and call to preach the gospel is the best thing you can do. It's above and beyond everything at whatever cost. It's good for the preacher. (laughs) You know where I'm going, don't you? It's good for the preacher. That's good for the saint. Okay. Have we got you upset yet? Let's move on. Watch this. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. Now this was not the Lazarus that he resurrected. Lazarus was a very common name. In the Bible time. Okay. I do find it funny that he gave the beggar's name. But he did not give the rich man's name. Which was laid at the rich man's gate every day. So not the, now we see why he was a beggar. He was lame. He was like the same guy that you read about in Acts the third chapter. That was brought to the gate called beautiful. Peter and John didn't have silver and gold to give him. But they had something far more precious. To give him such as we have. Not only was he's lame, but the Bible said he was full of sores. Now you talk about a miserable life. 
man, uh, uh, not much to the life. I mean, he's got to depend on others to get him there. I'm sure there were some mornings, time they got him there, he was probably... Y'all have grumbled and griped every step along. Why don't let's change places? I wouldn't mind bringing one of you. I said a whole lot more right there than what you think I said. Because <laughs> it's easy sometimes. I'm getting tired of bearing. Come on. We're called to bear the cross. Bear the burden. The election. The choosing. The calling out. We're living in a world today that wants a lot of things. But we want it just given to us. Just hand it over to us. And, and uh, you understand? And that's the way salvation's been treated. We're living in a world today that everybody thinks you can just attain salvation. Well, I believe the Lord's my Savior and I'm saved. Just do whatever. Live however. Go whatever. Even to the point I never have to go to a church. Church building. I don't have to have a spiritual leader over me. I can make it without a shepherd. But a sheep, a sheep cannot survive without a shepherd. A natural sheep cannot survive without a shepherd. It does not have the instinct or the built ability in it to go from green pasture to green pasture, from still water. Amen. It cannot. It takes a shepherd to lead them there. Notice the scripture said still waters too. They can't drink water just at any place and at any time. It's got to be smooth and still because of the design of their mouth. Folks, God knew what he was doing when he set this and put this order up. He knows, he knew exactly what. And that's when you call him the great shepherd. He's the bishop. And that's the reason right later on the writer said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. This reason Paul likened us unto the body and the hand can't say to the foot, I have no need of you. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> no more than the ear can say to the nose, I have no need of you. Oh, yes, you do. For that body to function and operate and accomplish and achieve purposes and things. Amen. We need one another and working together for what? For the head's sake. That's how it all works together. That's not all. Watch this. If I'm going to miss that place called hell, I better find me a body to connect with. I better find me a church that's in tune, that's connected, that believes in this Bible and what it's taught us and the doctrines that's been given to us. Because we're going to be judged by it. I know I'm so from that point, he says... And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. That's, that's, that's all he desired. As, as we look at this, we know what's it, when the Sophronician woman came to Jesus Christ. And, and the words of faith was that even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. And so... Every day that this rich man would go out, and, and he's, he was faring sumptuously every day. Uh, 
I'm not going to say he didn't recognize him. As we watch this unfold. It'll explain itself, okay? Because this happens sometimes. So I want to be careful how I say this. Sometimes we, we, we do become so busy and so occupied and focused on getting something done that we, we, we don't see something around us or somebody said something and we miss it, okay? So give us a little tolerance there. But at the same time, we don't need to become so busy with ourselves that we never, don't ever see the needs of others. And the opportunity, watch this. I'm talking about the season now. Seasons, chance comes unto all. Opportunities comes to all. It's an opportunity when a soul comes to every Holy Ghost filled vessel. Sheep got sheep. Now you see what I'm talking about. And sometimes it can be just a, a kind word, a kind act. It can be the very starting point. The very beginning. And so again, it's the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. That's what we're after. We're trying to be why. We want to be witness. We, want to be, we don't want to make the mistake of the rich man. He never had time for the beggar. He never wanted to take out any time, even though he was laid at his gate, where he came in and out of his place on a daily basis. I know that daily route sometimes can get old and mundane and you can almost go through it without even thinking. But you got to watch it. You got to be vigilant. Two reasons. You got two kingdoms that's beckoning for your service and moving on you to help to fulfill the kingdom call. One of them's a kingdom of darkness, the other one's a kingdom of light. So what kingdom of you and I going to walk in? And what kingdom are you and I going to represent? What kingdom are we trying to please? Because here's where the rich man made such a mistake. Time's sake, let me move on. I know my time. Desiring to be fed with the crumbs from, that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. The dog showed more pity to the beggar than the rich man did. Than humanity did. Think about that one a second. The dogs showed more compassion. The dogs showed more concern. A beast-like individual. Took out more time. Than the guy that really had enough income. That he could have paid others to took care of a lot of his business. So he could have had time. <laughs> brought, brought me right back to what? Season. Time. That's one thing. Beggars. And the rich. Has the same time whatever that might be at one time it was over 900 years but as time went on it dwindled come down to 120 now we got 70 and a lot of times it's even less than that and it really depends on sometimes what kingdom you're working on what kingdom you're walking in 
can help determine that season too. It's awful quiet. It's, uh, I don't know if you're listening good or if I'm boring you to death, but uh, hopefully I'm helping us. <laughs> but you know what? It's going to come to pass. The season is going to come to pass. And everybody's got to do like Moses. You've got to reach that place. And I'm not going to be called Pharaoh's son any longer. I'd much rather suffer the afflictions of Christ than enjoy the pleasures for a season. I'd much rather be a born again Christian walking in the old time way and in the doctrines of the word of God than enjoy the pleasures of this world and listen to people with excuses and cover it up and say, well, God didn't mean that. God meant everything he put in the book. God had changed his mind. It's forever settled in the heavens. And we're going to be judged out of a book that's unchangeable. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, so I face this God. Amen. At the end, the end of my season, when I face this God. So it's going to pass. And so that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Don't even mention the funeral. Doesn't mention about him being buried. Maybe he didn't have the income. I don't know why Jesus he put it. Laid it out that way. But when it came to the rich man. The rich man also died and was buried. And you know what? There's really no telling what all was said about the rich man. There's no telling who all showed up. They may have come in from other nations. <laughs> Flew in and certain celebrities People in high positions. They may call on the hierarchies of the religious leadership to perform the, the ceremony. They may have called in, no telling who, to sing certain songs. And Man, hey, this was so-and-so, man. We, we, we got to go all out. You know, there's a lot of graves even in this nation that have disappeared. They don't know where they're at. They may have a, a, a geographical, you know, a, a location. or a, and There's some that don't even have that. But God's going to call every single one of them. <laughs> I got some kin folks right up here in these woods right out in front of Antioch Church. The water was just up. The story goes that I've heard. It's, his casket floated off the wagon. They couldn't get it loaded back up, so they buried him right out there in them woods and left him. But God knows exactly where he's at. And one or the other resurrection, he's going to be resurrected. And he's going to be resurrected just like anybody else, just planted in graveyards. <laughs> Where they got million dollar gates and high expensive, you know, 
main it's and <laughs> got to have key entrance. And <laughs> but buddy, that ain't going to matter. All that's going to matter is in that moment of twinkling an eye. When that rapture and that catching away, that's all that's going to matter. It is, it's not going to, it's not going to be important then what you lived in. It's not going to be important in what you drove and what you got to wear. And I'm, we're not against that and God's not either. Unless you become so caught up in that. You never could take time to pray, and you could never take time to read your Bible, and you could never take time to take out and lend a helping hand to some beggar. And here's what we got to be careful of sometimes. Well, they could have done better. Maybe so. I'm going to tell you something. I think sometimes God lets us to give people that don't deserve it. How many of us deserve salvation? How many of us deserve the love of God? How many of us deserve the favor of God? How many of us has earned our righteousness? <laughs> what I'm telling you is that's a trait of God Himself that flows through us. We bless people, love people when they're unlovable and when they don't deserve it and when they've done things and they've wasted their talents and they've wasted their money. But you know what? We show them love and, and, and maybe through that love it may persuade them. It may turn them around. You, you see what I'm saying? Then you begin to read. The Bible says in hell he lifted up his eyes. Maybe he spent most of his time looking down. On others. Just who they think they are. Well, I feel something here this morning. <laughs> oh. But now he finds himself in a place. Finds himself in a situation where he's having to lift his eyes up. But I want you to notice some few things about the scriptures here. When he looks up, he recognizes and calls him Father Abraham. Does that mean that he was a Jew? Or a good possibility that this rich man was a Jew? This rich man at one time had been taught and knew about the, the, the Moses and the writings. He knew enough about the character called Abraham, the father of faith. But in Abraham's bosom, there was Lazarus. And the rich man calls him by name. Asking Abraham to allow Lazarus to take his finger and dip it in one, one drop. You ever really thought about it? One drop. You ever been thirsty? I mean really thirsty. Yes, somebody, can, can I have a bottle of water? And they bring it out there and... They undo the cap and stick their finger in and say, here. You look at them like they're, that's foolish. That don't even get, but that's all this rich man. That one time, 
a man lived such a life of pleasure and contentment and finding satisfaction because his money could buy it. A man, whatever he got ready to drink, and as much of it as he wanted to drink, as much as he wanted to indulge in pleasure of this, this fleshly man, this carnal man, indulging in it. A man rolling over in it, just filled up with it. But now he's found him in a place, having lifted up his eyes. A man, and now he's found himself in a place that just one drop, just one drop of that water coming off a Lazarus hand. That beggar, a man that I walked by time after time. A man that I didn't have time for and didn't want to spend no time with. Amen. I was too occupied building my own kingdom. I was too occupied of laying up and storing up and rebuilding. Amen. For my soul. But a soul. Amen. Now. And even the Lord said, thy fool. He called him a fool. Thy soul now is caught. Now who's going to get all of this? Who's going to be left to? Who's going to, who's going to enjoy all of this labor and working and, and wise business deals you've done? Amen. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ come along. He taught us. He said, though you gained the whole world and lose your soul. And then he went as far as says, what are we going to give in exchange for our soul? The soul, the voice of the soul, the voice, amen. The soul that's inside these earthen vessels that we allow too much external things, amen, to dictate and can control and manipulate us, hallelujah, away from God instead of to God. Amen. I dealt with somebody this morning and because they've done some things, they feel like it's a shame. I told them, I'll tell you something. God, amen, chastised the Jews trying to get them to repent trying to get him to come back from God. Look at the prodigal son when he came to himself. Hey man, where am I going to go? I'm going back to the father's house. I'll tell you, if there ever been a nation that learns how to have a godly sorrows, I'm going back to the house of God. I'm going back to church. I'm going to quit going other places on Sunday. I'm going to find me a house of God. I'm going to find me a place to join with worshipers. Hallelujah, I'm going to get my priorities right. I'm going I'm to forget this. I'm going to lay this aside. No, I'm going to let them positions. Amen. Rob me of the house time. All very important. <laughs> One drop. One drop. You stand, can, you, can you imagine? You're waiting on it. It hadn't even dropped yet. You're burning up. You're thirsty as you've ever been. And you believe that one drop, one drop could parch. Amen. Can, can refresh this parched tongue. This, this torment. He's lifted up his eyes. He's in a place called hell. He's in torments. Amen. And in this discussion now. Amen. The drop still hadn't dropped. Oh, here we go. Let's give it a little encouragement. Finally. But let's listen to the message of the rich man now. That his season's over with and judgments came. And he found himself where he's at. He begged Father Abraham to send back Lazarus. To go tell because he says, I've got five brothers. I've used this often. Especially in the lives of individuals that question. I said, I'm going to tell you something. Regardless, and that's in God's business, not mine or yours. We'll leave it in God's hand. But I can tell you one thing. If they made heaven, they're begging you to do everything that's in that book to make it. But if they didn't, they're begging right now for you to have an ear for what's written in that book and obey it. They're probably praying harder than those in heaven. 
Amen. Because this rich man says, Amen, to send Lazarus. But Father Abraham said, I'm going to tell you something. It won't do any good. Hey, I've heard people say this morning. If we could just have one miracle revival to break out. We've had miracles. But revival hadn't broke out. It's not miracles, honey. It's hunger and thirst and come to the reality that I've got a soul that's going to live in eternity somewhere. And I've got to make the right choices and get in the right place to know this God and not be lured down this thing and lured over here. Amen. No. Amen. I got to get it made up in my mind that I've made my calling and my election sure. It's too much. Amen. Too many people and too many religious people out there. Me and the man upstairs got it worked out. Oh, come on. Get real. Get in the word of God. This is what you're going to be judged by. Read what the Bible says. Get under a five-fold ministry. Get in a place with the power of the operation God's working. It's your soul. It's eternity. Oh, we can't hardly wrap our minds around that because we're so clock bound. Some of you right now are struggling. Man, I wish that preacher hurry up. I got this to do and I got that to do. And I... But your season's running out. And who knows today whose season could be over today? None of us knows. I'm included. I could get a perfect bill of health from the doctors. I've heard that one time. God went in, got a checkup. Man, they passed him. Didn't even hardly get out in the parking lot. Fell over dead with a heart attack. They don't control that. They can help encourage you and guide you and direct you. And we're all for it. But life and death lies in the hands of only one. He said if they won't hear Moses and the prophets... You better not listen to that spirit. Well, if we had so-and-so to come by, we'd... If we had this one, we all better wake up and shake ourselves and say, No, God, you send the ministry, you send, you anoint, you do what you want to. Because, God, if we'll do it your way, our chances are going to be better than anybody else's. So he told him, he said, if they won't hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they hear one that's raised from the dead. As we stand here this morning, I realize my time's up. Awful lot of scriptures we could have went to that ties into this so well. Season. Bible has taught us in Ecclesiastes there's a season to plant, seasons and harvests, and or to pluck up. Sister Mel, I want you to come. We're gonna we're gonna work on this area right here. I feel a little convicted in my heart about giving time and opportunities to, for us to come and pray and come and talk to God for a few minutes and tell how what's been preached and the presence that we've been in and who's walked up and down these aisles and for us to come and maybe we want to kneel at these altars or maybe to stand whatever you feel's best but to take out a few minutes and 
Because church, I'm telling you, it's a time to make our calling an election. Sure, I know we're busy. I know that. I understand that. But I'm going to tell you something. Nothing's more important than having our souls ready with our maker. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I don't care if it's for your children. I don't care if it's for your spouse. I don't care what it's for. Nothing is more important, a man, than being ready to meet the Lord on the other side. So why don't we all just come this morning, amen? And you know what? Hey, God, put it this way. As he talked to the Israelite people during the time of the tabernacle, he taught them, you know, they had built their own houses and their own vineyards enjoyed life. And finally he said, consider your ways. I'm not judging nobody here this morning. Sure, not trying to condemn nobody for sure. But maybe it would do us good sometimes to consider our ways. And then take and examine them out of the word of God. And let that word be a mirror of our own personal lives. and Our spiritual condition. And the roads that we're going down. And, and the voices that we're listening to. And look beyond that and see just where is it going to lead me to. Because the spirit, those spirits that worked against Israel, that caused them to be stiff-necked and rebellious, and all of those are still alive, Brother Byron. They're still working on us and against us. But you and I, amen, while the season's here, we can do something about where we're at. If you're not ready, <laughs> you can get ready. But watch what Peter said. Examine yourself. To make your calling an election. Sure. He told Israel that every time you come to the house of God. Don't leave the same way you came. Make sure that every encounter you had with this Jehovah God. It drawed you a little closer. It built on that fellowship and that companionship. Because that's what we're after. It's about a companionship with our maker. It's about knowing his voice. Having his favor, his love and power to, to work in our lives and to guide and direct us in this old world that we're in. Church, you know as well as I do. We're in a world today that's got no telling how many voices. And with technology that is increased by the millions. But God gave us one plan of salvation. There was only one ark built. That saved eight souls. And God long sufferingly waited 120 years. The New Testament has taught us that the long suffering of God is that men. May come to repentance. To acknowledge him. And call on taught by the scriptures there's not one that's stick closer than he can there's no friend like Jesus there's no savior the scriptures right he's the savior of the world folks we can be ready I want to be ready I want to be ready you know what I may not ever leave my family with money 
great properties, a whole lot of material things. But if I can leave them when they walk up here and look over into that casket, not just because of the life I've lived, but by the power and the presence that's here, they'll know. They'll know everything's all right. They'll know that everything's going to be all right. Money can't buy this. Seal gold can't buy this. Only thing that can purchase this is an individual that has repented. Got a godly sorrow and a broken, contrite heart that God would not despise, would not turn away. Through obedience unto His Word, through that repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of that sweet Holy Ghost. Thank God for it this morning. Let's just take a moment. Let's just talk to Him. Lift your voice, lift your hands, lift your heart. Let's lift up our eyes this morning. Let's don't wait until that season. Let's don't wait to that moment that we have a look across of Gulf. Amen. That the Bible said that's fixed. It's not going to change. Hallelujah. He told him, he said, hey, we can't come to you. Neither can you come to us. And it's a fixed God. Amen. But while we got an opportunity this morning, why don't we lift our hearts, our voices, our eyes unto the Lord. Here we are. God, we love you. We adore you. We magnify you. We love you. We appreciate you today. God, search me. Search out my heart. Search out my mind, my spirit. Oh, Lord, you help me to make my calling and election sure. You help me have a good conscience before you and my brothers. You help us, God. No blemishes or spots or wrinkles. A church that's made herself ready. A individual that's purpose in the heart, the mind, and spirit to want to know you. To want to have fellowship with you, God. Oh, the power of your word, the power of your presence. As it visits every soul in this house this morning. As it walks by every soul in this place today, God. We can't do it by ourselves. We've got to have your convicting power. We've got to have your holy presence. We've got to have you to walk up and down these aisles and touch us. And help us. We can't save ourselves, but oh God, we could fall and call and cry out to you for your mercy and grace and your divine touch in this place this morning in every heart and soul in life. Help us, God. Help us let the voice of the soul cry out. Help us, God, come with such a hunger and a thirst and a brokenness in our hearts, our minds and spirit. Help us, God. Hallelujah. Because we love you this morning and appreciate you today. You touch and move upon us. You help us, God. You help us, God. In that wonderful name of Jesus. Because you've blessed us. You have blessed us, God. We've got money. God, we got things. But God, help us not to let the things rob us. But all here this morning, we would humble ourselves and yield ourselves. We want to know, God, before we walk out of this place, that we're all right with our maker. That we're all right with our creator. It'd be more than a man thing, God. It would be a God thing. It'd be a God visitation, a God convicting power. It would grip our minds and hearts and souls. We wouldn't let the lying voices or the deceiving voices 
regardless of the opportunity that's given to us while we got the season while we got the opportunity God hallelujah to call on your name hallelujah for revelation and insight and understanding for the visitation of your touch in our hearts your visitation in the touch of our minds and our spirits I pray Lord there'd be a stirring in our community of every backslider hallelujah they would be stirred even as we pray this morning the powers God of your presence and love reaching out unto them through the wonderful name of Jesus Christ those God that's listening across the airways hallelujah touch their hearts and touch their souls and lives save us God deliver us God there's nobody like you God to bring us out of the iron gates there's nobody like you God that can draw us out of darkness there's nobody like you God that can rapture us and get us ready we want to be ready God we want to be ready God we want to be ready to meet you in that moment we want to be ready God hallelujah have a move of God in this place baptize this church baptize this body of believers let thy will be done in their souls here today as we pray and ask you in that wonderful name of Jesus work among us here today work among us here today God walk in among us with your mercy and grace and compassion reach into our very being reach into our inward parts God reach into those places where there's hurt and pain and frustration and confusion reach in God and heal this body this body of believers unite us together bond us together bind us together bring us together as one we will look for revival, God. We're looking for the greatest move of God we've ever experienced in Bendel. We're looking, God, and believing you, and you help us here today. As we humble and yield ourselves while we have the season, while we got the season, God, while we got the opportunity. Brother Nathan, I listened to that message last night. Trophies of hell. I listened to that preacher talk about his dad. 23 years as a preacher. And walked with God. And God used him and blessed him. And all the churches he ever went to, they would tell that, that boy that your daddy was a preacher now. Said, now he was a preacher. He was God's man. But he allowed the enemy to get a hold of him. Caused him to resign his church and take his wife and five kids, moved off and left them and got caught up with a different relationship. And one thing led to another. Said he went to him one day, it was Christmas, and take him a Christmas gift and found out from a friend where he's at and said he was in a bar room. Said he walked into that bar room and said his daddy was sitting off over in the corner by himself and hat pulled down and a can or bottle of beer in front of him. So he walked up to him, tapped him on the shoulder and said, Dad, said, I've got your Christmas present out in the car. If you'd like, come get it. And he did, got up and come out there with him. And they began to talk and said his daddy, said, man, he just 
began to cry and become you could tell she said he said I, I said they said I'd like to lost it myself and said his daddy finally rolled his sleeve up and he said son you see that blood in the veins he said right now he said I'd give every drop of that blood to get back where I was at get my family back and back in the presence of God said I'd give every drop of blood for it there is a a warning of this Laodicean church of becoming lukewarm unmoved that's what, that's the problem see it's you're better off to either be extremely cold or extremely hot that lukewarm place is you can't be moved you're alright, you're content, you think everything's fine. Huh. Everybody's saved. Everybody's. And that's the Laodicean church. And that's one of the biggest spirits that she's having to fight. She's rich. She's got money. Huh. Don't even realize that she's naked. She don't realize she's undone. She doesn't realize that she's lost. It's church, that's what you and I have got to guard against and watch against. I don't want to be lost about you. And God help us. God help us. In the remainder of days and weeks and months and years that we got, God help us to be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove, but at the same time, God help us. Help us win souls. Help us win souls. Help us, God. Right relationship and a healthy relationship, especially with the favor and blessings of God. Children are going to come, both in the natural and also in the spiritual. I want to see it. I know it's not the father's problem. But God, you help us to work on the mother. You help us. Help us not to be like was prophesied in Isaiah. Get them almost to the womb, but just couldn't seem to have the strength to push them through. Saying a lot more there than what we think in the spiritual realm, folks. Creating an atmosphere for souls to be born. Creating an atmosphere, creating a hunger, creating a thirst. Creating such a place, because it's His Spirit that draws them. It's his spirit that delivers. And the only way that you and I can walk in true liberty is to walk in the Holy Ghost. And you can't serve two masters. And you can't have two loves dominating in your life and in your heart. It's got to be one. Love you this morning. Appreciate you so much. Thankful for all the families of this church. We've been praying and 
asking God to help us. I want to see the families blessed like never before in more ways than one. I want us to see us grow and mature and see lives changed. And I want to see some of those beggars that maybe nobody's ever even thought of. That's living somewhere out in those hedges. But this old mother reached a place in the spirit. She makes her way to them and brings them to the house of God. devil thought he had them. The devil thought, hey, these are going to be trophies in hell. But all of a sudden, God, working through you and I, starts taking the risk, shoving the beer cans aside, walking through the smoke and the stink and all the other things that would hinder us being led by God because they're hungry. And they're thirsty. And they don't have a clue what to do or where to go. But somebody's got to go to them. Somebody's got to carry it to them. And bring them and lead them out. Throughout this afternoon, let this message linger. In your heart, your mind, and spirit. While we got the season. Let's lift our eyes to Him, our voices. Let's let that passion and hunger. That would be pleasing to the kingdom of God. Let's walk back in this place tonight with a desire for the power of God to baptize this place. There's times in the scripture. Bible said he healed them all out of nothing but compassion. They didn't even ask, but he healed them. It's time in the scriptures where they was baptized in the Holy Ghost. It fell on them in such a manner, in such a way. Experiencing such a power of God. I want to see it happen. You know what can happen in that atmosphere? There's some bodies that's been struggling with some things for a long time. That's not the will of God. If it is, His grace is sufficient. But it should not hinder the working of the kingdom of God in your life. But you're willing to endure that. One thing I found amazing, I'm fixing to let you go. Reading that book of Sister Holmes. Elder, sister, Elder Holmes had a stroke. And I, I hadn't got the years yet. But he didn't let being confined to a wheelchair stop him from revivals and doing the work of God until the day the Lord took him. But she was even willing to whatever it took to get him ready, get him to the house of God and let God use him. I didn't, I didn't get in that part of the lesson today. But the beggar had to endure some sores and some pains and some afflictions. Some difficulties. But he made it. There's some things you and I may have to endure. We may have to be like Paul. To hear the God say, my grace is sufficient. I'm not going to change that. You're going to have to deal with it. But through that. 
through that pain and that suffering. Witnessing to others. Testifying to others. Oh, come on. Everybody can put a smile on the face when they got perfect health and no bills and everything. But the real challenge of a witness of God is whenever it looks like everything's tumbling out. But we've sung it. But I'm going to praise the Lord anyway. I'm going to live for God anyway. I'm going to do what's right regardless of what comes and goes. I'm sold out to the call and the election of Jesus Christ. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you tonight or this morning. See you tonight. 5.30 prayer time. 6 o'clock service time. 4.30. I'm sure they haven't practiced. 4.30 for all the praise crowd and different ones. Love you. Appreciate you. Welcome again to everybody. God bless you. See you tonight. God bless you.